Welcome to The Table. I'm your host, Jeff Harpole. You can do the research if you like. My research has been gathered over probably about 31 years. It was long ago that a friend of mine introduced me to a man named Elliot. I've scoured through old journals and books seeking to find a deeper story about him. The internet with all of its Wikipedia and other data offerings really don't tell all the story. A a better description might be derived from um, the old Bible broadcast network. Uh, That's an interesting thing. I don't, I don't know uh, if we can find that or not, but I'll I'll be brief in my description uh, though. The story is more soundly told by his wife, Elizabeth in short, uh, Jim Elliott, uh, he was a missionary. He hungered to spread the gospel. He spent years learning to read and write in, in the language of the people to whom he would serve and minister. Uh, but his journey was short-lived as he was speared to death by the very people he went to serve. So he went um, on the mission trip. He was a missionary, and uh, he was killed. In one of his journals a few years prior to his death, Jim wrote the words which are now offered to everyone who might consider a plight of ministry as a life mission. And and this, I'm going to quote it, but um, the statement that he wrote is profound. It is, uh, it's, it, it's one of the most profound ministry mission statements. And anyone who wants to enter ministry really needs to adopt this for their life or at least, at the very least, consider its great depth. This is what Jim Elliott wrote, and I quote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm, Those words stand as a rebuttal against our modern, more profitable pulpits. The famed television charlatans are not alone in their personal pursuit of gain. Uh, This has been going on the 1970s and 80s, the explosion of the TV evangelist. But I'll talk a little bit about um, uh, the evangelicals and the Pentecostals, because um, we can also be part of that, maybe in a more subtle way. The infection is that of self and self-interest. And it is the most damaging of all devices. In fact, self has a limitless power like no other power. Just think of this for a moment. God has allowed his own creation the privilege of unbelief. God has allowed us to reject him, to deny him. The one who formed us, we can can say that he didn't exist. So thus, the image of self has always been greater than any god of money or wood or stone. And... And we can be in opposition to the great God of heaven and earth. So you, you have to realize that self is, um, is, the, is the damaging factor. So he is no fool. You, you're giving up what you, 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 cannot, you, you, you cannot keep. You couldn't keep it anyway. And you're gaining what you'll never lose. So what a, what a powerful statement. Um, it's, it's an incredible thing. The promotion of loss is counter to self-preservation. But Jesus said, if you lose, you'll gain. If you'll gain, you'll lose. Um, and that, that doesn't go over well with the American audience. In fact, 
In fact, the modern American audience, um, they don't want to hear any of that. Um, they want to hear how they can gain and not lose, how they can triumph and not suffer. Uh, they don't want to hear any of this stuff. And I think that what's happened here, I don't, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's certainly been uh, very evident in in the last in this turn of this century from 2000 on, very evident that people are engrossed with uh, self-preservation and advancement. So uh, we're, we're looking at that and we're realizing how far we are from the real cross of Calvary. Remember, there's not just one cross. And I'm not talking about the thieves on either side of the cross. I'm talking about the cross that Jesus submitted to us. You pick up your cross and follow me. He has a cross, but so do we. And just because that one rich ruler denied that doesn't mean that he was the only one who did. So to think in terms of gain, um, uh, we have to realize that what we're gaining is a spiritual, a spiritual uh, a gift. And to think of terms of loss, we would only lose um, our own self, but we gain the Lord. Now that's in conflict with natural ambition and natural ambition leans on tangible success. But in reality, um, the measurement of reward always rests with the Lord. Now to, to kind of go through that story, um, I'm not telling you the rest of the story, but Jim Elliott died young, but his wife, Elizabeth, she lived, they were only married about three years and she didn't leave the mission. He was killed, but she stayed. And no one really ever talks about her, but she built what her, her young husband began. And 13 years passed um, in between the time that, that he died and another gentleman uh, entered her life. And she agreed to, to be married again. And it was a joyful moment. And the work of her hands uh, had been proven in so many ways. And, and her second marriage, however, it only lasted another short uh, a short period of, period of time, four years, and her second husband died uh, in the fall of that, of that fourth year. Um, so the last 10 years of her life was spent fighting dementia. It stripped her of her brilliance. And Elizabeth, um, she didn't remember everything that she had done. And she was just a faint shell of the profound woman that she, she once was. People wrote of this and spoke of it. In time, only the written phrase of her first husband, Jim, lived on. The rest was given uh, to a chapter that most people never read. And it's interesting to me that, uh, that Jim Elliott would write one sentence and we would be talking about the profundity of his sentence, of his statement, and it's so incredible. Uh, but uh, the work that he endeavored was carried on by his wife and she suffered many things and, and really probably very few people even know that she lived. There are many details I have to leave out for the sake of our time, but at the table today, I'm just pointing out a few thoughts, a few things. And that is that the people that we serve uh, may never come to know us or serve us, but we do it as unto the Lord. What happened to doing things as unto the Lord? Why are, we, why are people always looking for recognition? Our, our lives may be spent 
without, re- without any regard by the people who receive what we're giving them. And if those we feed or, or lead or help turn around to spear us, to kill us, then perhaps now we finally get to join the likes of David and Jesus and, 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 and the men of God. Uh, that served and and they were often um, ridiculed and beaten by the very people they came to minister to. It's enough that the servant is like the master. It is enough. Jesus said that. And uh, thirdly, there is no guarantee that anyone will ever remember the spiritual food that you deliver to people or the Bible studies that you're giving to people. You could be in someone's home and actually show them the truth, the gospel. And years later, um, they may never even remember or, or recall or even recite your name. They might remember you, but may not speak of you. But your reward is always reserved for heaven. You will never lose the reward of heaven. You may give up things here, but you're gaining something you'll never lose. The man, the teacher, the Sunday school teacher. Let, let me talk to Sunday school teachers. Oh, man. The investment that you're making, some of those children won't remember your name but they'll never forget how you made them feel. They may not remember every detail uh, or the work you put in to that classroom, that setting, but you are, you are ingraining in them. Uh, you're searing in them a, a never dying truth. And uh, you may have a, a profound statement. You may have a, a wonderful lesson, but uh, just know that you're adding to someone's eternal soul the the depth and the salvation of their eternal soul. So I, I'm I, I'm a little uh, maybe even nostalgic about some of the saints and some of the mothers of the church that have gone on and now rest with the Lord. Um, you won't know this this mother. Her name was her last name was Morgan, um, and her and her husband were evangelists in the very early nineteen um, hundreds. They were evangelists. They evangelized, and uh, when I was very young, very very young, she was very old. Her husband had long since passed, and and uh, she told a few stories about their days of traveling around the United States. He preached, and she preached. And she played the guitar and um, they sang and they, they went everywhere and, and preached the gospel. And yet uh, probably no one really will know them because uh, they didn't have notoriety. But the impact that they made lasted for, uh, for many, many years and it's still, it's still alive today. You just have to know that there will be most of the stories will not be told most of the uh, wonderful moments will not be remembered, but this is why we, this is why we commit our lives to God, not so that we could be known, but so that He could be known. And if you are never known, but you can make Him known, then you by you are by all means blessed, and anointed, and kingdom minded. Um, all of these things that I speak of at the table today are antithetical to, um, to the life, uh, to the modern life. And it, it does, um, it does something in my own heart to think 
Um, and it can fix me even to, to think that, that I, I, I might have uh, some notoriety uh, because I want to make sure that uh, everything that I'm doing is about Jesus Christ. At the same time, there is this deficit in me, and I will confess this. I don't know if you'll uh, concur with this in your own life. I don't know, but I, I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed to confess that that there have been times I've wondered, well, does anyone care about me? Does anyone know what I'm doing? And that little toil, that tug of war, um, you know, we 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 would like to have some recognition. And I think that that's just something that we we will work with uh, in our own spirit. Now there are people who are, uh, are much more spiritual than I, and I know that, and I'm I'm, I'm sorry, so I apologize for that. But, but they but they they don't have any problem with that. They they don't mind. And I want to call out someone's name here who has made such an impact on. I want to tell you thousands of young people. His name is Jim Sleva, and he he has worked at a a Bible college for goodness the better part of. 30-something years now, and um, Brother Sleva um, never cared about anyone knowing who he was. He was all, he's was he been the consummate uh, prayer warrior and encourager, um, and, you know, I've always, I've always uh, thought of him as somebody who was the most humble and somebody who really, he, he was all about the kingdom. It was all about people. He didn't care uh, about being known. But I, I say his name today because I want to honor him. I want to honor these people who have lived a selfless life and people who I, who I esteem in the Lord. And I give double honor to Brother Sleva because of, because of his work's sake. All of those years, all those young people, young men, young ladies, and watching him now, he's, he's worked with so many young men and guided them and spoke to them and directed them. And he wasn't always agreeing with everything that we would say, but, but he was always humble and kind in, in redirecting. And, and so all of those years ago, uh, 1989, 1990, uh, when, uh, when he came into my life, man, what, what, what a man. And I, uh, quickly realized, um, that he, um, he had a lot to offer and I had a lot to learn. So, I think of these people, um, this this lady, Elizabeth Elliot, um, and her work's sake, and, and the shadow that was cast over her life, yet she continued to do the work because the work was more important than the personality or the image. The work of God is more important. And if the work of God becomes secondary, then we are in big trouble. And I've seen this many times where, where it's not really about the work of God. It's about the, it's about the personality. It's, it's about the, the individual. And I come to this point in, at this juncture at the table to denounce the celebrity pulpit. Oh, we're in big trouble. Celebrity pulpits have got to die. It cannot be about the preacher or the image or the name, but I know it's, it's so many people are, are, they draft and they lean towards that. Well, who's preaching or who's teaching or who's leading or who's in that position, who's singing and, um, and wh- who's playing um, uh, the, the instrument. And so we're all, you know, our natural inclination is to say, oh, I like them or, or I want to hear them. We really need to hear from God. And we have to be very careful because the days of the celebrity preacher and the celebrity pulpit, they should be over. I hope they are. Uh, I, I want to say that they are, but, but I'm, I'm very concerned 
that um, that they may not be. And so, um, prayerfully, hopefully, we can get into uh, into the vein of Jesus Christ. I, I I quote the scripture that said, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." Philippians two five. Let this mind be in you. And if you look through Philippians chapter two, you're going to find out what kind of thought process he had. Um, here here's a little interesting. Uh, um, uh, consideration. When you figure out how far deity to dust is, deity to dust, then come back and tell me how far Jesus came to to wrap himself in flesh. Because he came in the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. It, it is He made himself of no reputation. Now, of all the people in the world to have a reputation, he deserved it. Nobody else does. But he purposely did not want a reputation. In fact, at some of his healings and miracles, he would tell the recipient, don't tell anyone. Don't talk about this. Uh, Go your way. Um, But of course, some of those that were healed, the Bible says they made his fame known. They, They made him famous. They talked about him anyway. So I would just say that this whole this whole table conversation today is counterintuitive to the American lifestyle and to the American church, but it is in line with the scripture and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are in pursuit of the Lord. We're not in pursuit of worldly gain. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I'm thankful that you came to the table today. There's so much more to come.